Welcome back. This is Daily Buddhism, audio show number 66, recorded March 22nd, 2014. My name is Brian Shell, and I'm your host for the show. You can find the text as well as all links mentioned in this program and all past episodes on the website at www.dailybuddhism.com. couple announcements. I'd like to start an answering more of your questions, so be sure to ask. Send in your questions pertaining to Buddhism and beginners or anything even remotely related. I'd love to hear from you, and even more importantly, I need to know what you want to hear for future shows. If you're not signed up for the email newsletter, go to dailybuddhism.com and fix that right now. It's free and easier than ever to sign up. little box in the upper right-hand corner makes it very easy. If you enjoy the podcast on the website, the emails, the tweets, the Facebook posts, and everything else, don't forget to buy the books. My book, The Five-Minute Buddhist, and the sequel, The Five-Minute Buddhist Meditates, are now available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, iTunes, Kobo, Smashwords, and in paperback pretty much any place. If your local bookstore doesn't have it on the shelf, they can very easily order it for you. If you've already picked up a copy, then don't forget to leave a review on whatever website you bought it from. I'd appreciate your support. And now, let's get on with this week's show. And our first story this week is titled, Judgmental Family and Hypocrisy. And as usual, a reader writes, I am from Kentucky and was raised in a very strong Christian home. Within the past couple of years, I've rejected Christianity and my parents and family are none too happy to say the least. I'm the black sheep. Not only am I gay, but an atheist who has been looking to Buddhism as a way to deal with the stress of my family. So my question is this. I have a cousin who is very judgmental of everyone. She's one of those Christians who knows she is always right, and it's her duty to tell the rest of the world how wrong we all are. She preaches harshly towards me about going to hell and how wrong I am for being gay. Funny thing is, she has many skeletons in her own closet she wouldn't want anyone to know about. I can honestly say I don't like her. How do I deal with these feelings? I know we'll be seeing each other many times at family functions, but I want to be able to talk to her without my very strong negative feelings for her getting in the way. Any insight would be helpful. And please keep in mind, I really don't like her. Also, when you're going to start more podcasts, I've not heard all of them yet, so you may have answered this, and I've just not gotten there yet. Thanks again. Your show has been the best help for me in searching and learning the Buddhist way so far. I have much respect for you. Well, to answer the last part of your question first, well, here's new podcasts. Problem solved. Now, for the rest of it, my response is, first of all, accept that you can't change her. I know how it is when you want to prove someone else's beliefs are wrong. You use logic and common sense and facts and science. The other person may defend their beliefs for a little while, but eventually it all just reverts to, well, that's what I believe anyway. It's all just faith. You can't win this argument at a family gathering. It just isn't going to happen, especially in a discussion with a woman who has zero respect for your thoughts, wishes, and choices. 
You are wrong in her eyes, and nothing short of time and exposure to you can change that. As far as her being a hypocrite with her own skeletons, I assume you aren't the only one in the family who realizes this. It's been said that you can pick your friends, but you can't pick your family. Sometimes we get stuck with someone we'd rather not have to deal with. You don't get that choice either. One of your big consolations is knowing that everyone else knows she's a hypocrite too, even if they aren't her target or victim. Now none of the above is especially Buddhist, and I'm sure anyone could have told you that. If you don't like her as much as you say, it would probably just be to everyone's benefit to avoid her. But that's not always going to be possible with family gatherings and the like. Probably the worst problem I see here is that you're holding on to this anger and hate. That's not good. Rather than dwell on this hateful woman's words and attacks, just drop it. Give it no more thought than last Tuesday's weather. A Buddhist wouldn't attach any importance to her words. You realize her words are only words, and that they're impermanent. Let them go right through you, or make them slide off. Is she going to change anyone's mind with her ranting, either yours or someone in your family? Probably not. Most of all, don't extend the argument or fight back. She is as impermanent as you are. Don't dwell on the argument. There are some things you cannot change. At least that's my opinion. Others, feel free to chime in on this in the comment section of the blog. And next up, we have a koan for this week. This one is titled, My Heart Burns Like Fire. Soyen Shaku, the first Zen teacher to come to America, said, My heart burns like fire, but my eyes are as cold as dead ashes. He made the following rules, which he practiced every day of his life. In the morning before dressing, light incense and meditate. Retire at a regular hour. Partake of food at regular intervals. Eat with moderation and never to the point of satisfaction. Receive a guest with the same attitude you have when alone. When alone, maintain the same attitude you have in receiving guests. Watch what you say, and whatever you say, Practice it. When an opportunity comes, do not let it pass by. Yet always think twice before acting. Do not regret the past. Look to the future. Have the fearless attitude of a hero and the loving heart of a child. Upon retiring, sleep as if you had entered your last sleep. Upon awakening, leave your bed behind you instantly as if you had cast away a pair of old shoes. And next up, another reader asks, writing in, Is it possible for literally anyone to be a Buddhist? Anyone from an Inuit to a rainforest tribesman? And my response, absolutely. There are some belief systems out there, such as Judaism, that have a heavily ethnic membership. And that would be like Jews as an ethnicity as opposed to just Jewish belief. So I do understand the question. Although many people stereotypically think of Buddhists as Asians, there's no particular racial aspect to Buddhism. I'm a Caucasian American, and I know Buddhists of most other races and ethnic groups as well. Where you came from doesn't mean anywhere near as much as where you're going or where you want to be. You can take that statement either literally or spiritually. I don't know any Inuit Buddhists or Buddhists from the rainforest, but I'll bet they're out there. The greatest population of Buddhists is obviously in the Eastern Asia regions. 
but that's simply because that's where Buddhism started out and where it's had the most time to spread. Nowadays, it's pretty much everywhere. It's a good deal more slow-growing than some of the other more evangelical religions out there, simply because most Buddhists don't place a heavy emphasis on evangelizing. And our next uh, question is, a reader writes in, I'm a sort of Buddhist novice trying to reach mindfulness and practice mindful action even in ordinary life. What I don't know and would like to ask you is, are there any specific techniques or tools to discern the moments of weakness when you're slipping and losing your concentration, succumbing to one's fears and anxiety, both in meditation and or in one's everyday life, with pressures and all? I'm asking that because I feel that if I improved in this, I could make a huge progress in my practice. And he points out that he's from the Czech Republic. So yeah, people all over listen to this. And my response. This is something that we all have to work through, myself included. It's a matter that falls under the concept of right mindfulness. Staying focused on the task or problem at hand and not getting distracted. You have the right idea when you say you have trouble both while meditating and out in everyday life. This is the point of right mindfulness, which is often confused with right concentration, which is not the same thing, but definitely there is some overlap there. If you can stay on task, keeping yourself focused on the job, you're doing better than many of us. Most of us have great plans to live a Buddhist lifestyle, and then before we even get to work, we've given someone the finger on our drive or smoked a cigarette on the way to the office. It's easy to forget and be distracted by real-world events. You would think things would be different at home or at a meditation center when you're sitting on a cushion in whatever position works best for you. Staying focused should be easy, right? Nope. Quite often it's even worse. This is where the idea of monkey mind comes in. We all have a little thought monkey in our heads that jumps from mental tree to mental tree, making as much noise and chatter as it can, but only when we're trying to clear our minds of all thoughts. These mental distractions can be just as bad or worse than the external distractions that we run into daily. Clearing out these distractions is the goal of all meditators, whether you're meditating on a koan, doing walking meditation, or simply trying to clear your mind. The path to eventual victory is continued practice and knowledge that we all have this problem to some extent. Even the monks who meditate all day, every day, have it. When they feel their minds wandering, they immediately recognize that their minds are wandering and refocus. It sounds a little redundant, but they are mindful of their distractions. This is what you need to watch for and realize when you have wandered. When you've wandered. Don't chastise yourself for the monkey attack, but instead just focus and get back to it. Another possible suggestion is to vary your style of meditation. Instead of sitting in the same place doing the same thing all the time, try some walking meditation or try doing a mantra. Mix it up a little. When walking or repeating a mantra, your mind is, well not exactly busy, at least doing something, and this might be enough to make a difference. Just remember, be here in the present moment, doing whatever it is you're doing. Be here now. And that's all I have for you this week. The Daily Buddhism runs primarily from your donations, and it's easy to help out. Just go to www.dailybuddhism.com donate and click on one of the options there. 
You can donate as little as a dollar or as much as you want. Keep in mind that the Daily Buddhism daily email letter is completely free. All you need to do is go to the site and sign up. If you'd like to get caught up on the show, all the back episodes are available on the website, and most of the best are included in the book, The 5-Minute Buddhist, available from Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Kobo, Nook, and all those other places. Ask your local bookstore to order you a copy if they don't already have it on their shelves. And most importantly, if you have a question on, on any Buddhism-related topic, send in your questions by email at dailybuddhism at gmail.com. And until then, I'll see you next week. <laughs>